Welcome to Nowhere Close to Famous, where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. I'm your host, Josh Story, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brooke Seal. Hey, people. And today we have, a, I think, a very fun conversation with Nicoletta Bradley, who is a fitness instructor, and we just take a deep dive into all things health, wellness, physical health, emotional health, mental health, all of it. It was a great time. All the things. And one thing we specifically talked about with her was her experience with an eating disorder. Um, And we know that can be a sensitive topic, so we don't want it to catch you off guard. But the cool thing is, is that by the end of the conversation, we also got to talk about how she's experienced freedom from that. And it was really sweet and cool, and we hope that you as a listener are encouraged by it. Yeah, it was a very powerful uh, conversation. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Nicoletta Bradley. Nicoletta Bradley, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Josh. She's uh, here. She made it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Nicoletta's one of those people that I've heard her name for like literally <laughs> years. Like the whole time I've been in Fort Worth. And they're like, Brooke, this girl's awesome. Y'all should meet. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, maybe. Yeah. And then I met her and I was like, I get it. Like, what took me so long? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get the hype. Yeah, I get and it. it checks out. <laughs> Y'all are way too good. No. no. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so a lot of stuff that we want to talk to you about. Um, first off, just kind of going back, getting some little history on you. You grew up in Santa Barbara, right? Yep. Is that as dreamy as it sounds? 100%. <laughs> it's funny that that question was on the list because I talked to my sister about that yesterday. And she spent quarantine in Santa Barbara. Oh, no way. And she goes, it is just unrealistic, the <laughs> life that you live in Santa Barbara. Because you wake up, it is perfectly 70 degrees with sun, you can go to the beach, and then you can hike in the afternoon, Yeah. and then you can be back by five and get ready and go to dinner. It's honestly magical. That's pretty insane. Yeah. I got to write that down for the next pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Change house. Or the, the yeah. apartment we have. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I've heard that there's like some celebrities that live there specifically because it's best of everything that's not super LA. Is that? Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's, I always say it's central California. Okay. Like if you go north, you're going northern. Okay. And if you go south, you're going southern. It's gotcha. an hour and a half north of LA and Oprah. Okay. Megan and Harry. Oh. Uh, if you watch their documentary, they just or their interview with Oprah. It okay. was at their Montecito house. Well, now it all makes sense. Yeah. Neighbors. <laughs> <For real. laughs> it's convenient. They were just hanging out. <laughs> I heard Bieber has a house up there. I've seen Bieber okay. in Santa Barbara. So. Katy Perry's from there, right? Yes, she went to my high school. No way. Yeah. Oh. She, uh, actually, if you watch her MTV show, she performed at my high school when I was there as like a comeback season, yeah. back to my high school, back to the roots thing. So. That's awesome. Random. So even Katy Perry wants to be a high school hero. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Speaking of, how, how would you describe high school, Nico? Man. <laughs> uh, high school Nicoletta is a lot different than yeah. current Nicoletta. Full transparency. Honestly, I hope everyone's high school version of themselves <laughs> yeah. is different than totally. the present. If you can answer that of like, I'm the exact same. <laughs> right. We yeah, probably won't interview you. But, yeah. Tell us about the transformation. Gosh, well, I was a uh, people called me the naughty Christian girl <laughs> okay. in, oh. in high school. Because, Instagram handle. <laughs> yeah, literally because I was the young life girl during the day okay. and the party girl at night. Okay. And so my whole life literally was based on if I drink, I'm a bad Christian. Okay. And if mm. I don't drink, I'm a good Christian. Oh, okay. And so people knew me as the new girl, they knew or the good girl, but they also knew that I would drink on the weekends. Yeah. And do whatever the world wanted her to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. What brought you to Texas? Yeah. 
So, TCU. Okay. Yep. Was like, I've got four years. Let's do something different. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I actually looked at, I, going back to the good girl, bad girl mentality, yeah. was like, I need to find a small, tiny Christian private school so that I can get my life on track once okay. and for all. <laughs> and TCU was the only Nailed it. tiny, non tiny right. Christian private school that I applied to. Right. Okay. So I was looking at like a thousand students, two thousand students, yeah. and then I ended up going to a party at TCU and was like, wait a minute, I want to choose my faith. Yeah. I don't want my parents to choose it for me anyways, yeah. and that's why I ended up choosing Texas Christian okay. University. Interesting. Dang. Were you surprised by how unchristian it is? <sighs> or it can can be? Yes, but I honestly struggled so much when I came to TCU that I immediately fell into church. Yeah. That it was just, I mean, also, I would almost argue that everything was more Christian mm. because I came from California to Texas. Gotcha. Mm. And so everyone's a believer in Texas. Right, Everyone right. went to church on Sundays yeah. compared to California, where I was one of the few. So even, so maybe to back up a little, your motive in high school and that dichotomy of, okay, by day I'm this, by night I'm this, it was really peer pressure and it was the motive of others. So even when you first came to TCU, your motive still might have been that even if it had more positive consequences. Yes, but I also a big piece of my story is that my parents had no idea that I partied okay. in high school. Gotcha. Mm. So they saw Nicoletta, the young life girl. Gotcha. But the day before I left for TCU, they went through my iPhoto on my oh, computer no and oh. found the lies that I had been living for the last four years. Interesting. Oh, and they looked at me dead in the eye the day before I left for, before I left for TCU and goes, we don't know this girl. We will not have this conversation before Christmas and Thanksgiving and we've raised you better than this so now you have a choice but we don't have any role any longer Mm. and so I literally ran to Christ Chapel the week I landed on TCU's campus no way because I got caught for everything you could possibly imagine through photos on my computer when your parents are like oh I don't even know who you are like how did that affect you Mm. hmm I think I'm a what I've been learning a lot about is I'm a people pleaser and I really do seek the approval of man yeah which I feel like the Lord's like stripping me of right now, but I think it was, man, I disappointed my parents so much Mm. and I feel like a failure. Mm. And so I was like, I need to prove to them that I'm not a failure. Gotcha. Mm. And I know that's not where life is found, but when you are, I don't even know, 17, 18, you don't know where life is really found. You're just torn between what you're raised in and what your friends are saying. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Were you close to your parents in high school? Yeah, but I lied to them like crazy. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't know. I mean, my young life leader was my saving grace in high school. Okay. And she loved me unconditionally, even though I showed up to her doorstep every Sunday morning being like, I drank again last night. Yeah. And yeah. she just like truly showed me what unconditional grace and unconditional love looked like. But yeah, super mm-hmm. close to my parents, but only as close as you can be when you're living a double life. Yeah. So what was it like when they get ready to send you to school, which is already a hard enough transition going to college. You're moving across the country. You're leaving your parents' house, and they present you with all this information and say, you need to take a minute. Did y'all's relationship drastically shift? What was that like? Hmm. Well, first off, they printed out 8 by 10 size photos of what they found. So that was a kicker. 
So walked into the dining room. Power moves Power only. Moves from the Bradley Perry. The one day it rained in Santa Barbara. <laughs> it was a gloomy day. I will tell you that. No. I just remember walking in and they stood there in front of that big old dining room table with about 20 photos of oh things. My I was like, there it is. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Honestly, my relationship with my parents like radically changed because I... Mm. Um, my big part of my story is a really bad eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So high school was anorexic and bulimic. Mm-hmm. And then it switched to binge eating when uh-huh. I got to college. Yeah. And so not having any friends in college yet as a little freshman, yeah. my mom was like my person. Because yeah. A, she knew mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And B, I was going through so much as day oh, one nice. on a college campus. Yeah, for real. And so she, and she just prayed over me. Mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. that that was a huge shift in our relationship because... No one knew what I was coming from. No one knew my backstory. Yeah. My mom unconditionally loved me, and I called her every single day. And it was just sweet that I think that they didn't shame me mm. for what they found, but held me accountable to what they knew right. that I was better than. Right. Does that make sense? But, and I feel like that's such an important distinction because mm-hmm. it would be so easy for anyone just to go the shame route of, I can't right. believe you, yes. right? right? But to be able to say, hey, this isn't who you are. I had a similar experience in college mm-hmm. where uh, I was kind of like the good kid in yeah. high school. That's kind of like my MO. And I got to college and I was so liberated by the idea that no one knew who I was yeah. and no one had any expectations of me hitting any certain standard. And so I thought, I've never strayed ever. I'm, I'm going to just see what else is out there. And a friend of mine from high school saw me at a party just being a buffoon, to be honest. And <laughs> She took me to lunch like a few days after and said, I don't know who that Josh was like, and Mm. I really miss my friend because I don't know who that was. And it was one of those conversations where just broke me to my core, Mm. not out of shame, but out of, wow, this person actually loves me enough to say, I know who you are and that's not it. Like, like, Mm. you're better than that. Mm. And so was that the kind of feeling that you walked away with of... I wasn't shamed, but I was called to a higher standard. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. And I think, to be honest, I never wanted to be the party girl in high school. So Mm. I think that while I might have lived this double life, truly my bend was towards young life and like Mm. not partying on the weekends. But because my whole world and my biggest battle was this desire to be popular and this desire to be cool, Mm. that I was like, well, that's what they're doing. Therefore, I want to be doing what they're doing. And... Santa Barbara's a small town. There wasn't yeah. a ton of options. Right. There wasn't like, man, I've got the party people over here and then the good, awesome Christian people over here. <laughs> right. There was none of the good, solid Christian people. So yeah. it was either lonely or partying and being popular. Right. And of course I chose popular and party. Totally. Yeah. Um, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I think that's where my bend. And so it wasn't, it was almost easier coming to college, starting fresh, going, okay, sure. there are mm. so many more options. Right. And that's why I fell into Christ Chapel as a freshman in college because I was like, there's a college ministry. Because yeah. yeah. my high school ministry, there was four of us. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man. So walk us through the college experience. Was it, what, was it what you had hoped for or was it still just kind of this kind of up and down scenario? I would not say college was the best four years of my life, okay. but I would say it was the most formative years okay. of my life. Mm. Um, I think that TCU is an incredible school, but man, I struggled with depression. Mm. Um, I was in eating disorder counseling the fir- for the first two years. Yeah. I had went through two really hard breakups in college. Um, 
So I feel like the Lord was so prevalent and just working mm. in me during college. But by no means do I look back on college and go, man, best year <laughs> right. of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that I've had a lot of friends in mm-hmm. college, but I never had a group. Gotcha. So I think mm. that's a big role, too, in college when you, I, I mean, and granted, for the first two years of college, I was in eating disorder counseling. That's when you make friends. Right. Mm. That's when you're forming groups in your sorority, in your in your uh, dorm and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And I was going to eating disorder counseling twice a week, trying mm. to get plugged into church and just yeah. trying to stay afloat while right. also battling depression. Yeah. Mm. So that's kind of how I would describe it. But I mean, I studied abroad. I did so many fun things. I had new great people, yeah. was super involved in things, but definitely more formative than this was amazing. Best right. four years ever. Totally. I think that's such a good distinction and articulation and to link it to something you, you also said of, there's such a fine line and a balance that I think I don't want people to miss, especially if they're listening to this and maybe they don't share the faith that the three of us share. Right. Of We talk about being confronted and your parents lay out those photos on this table and it's like, this is not who you are. And someone listening to this might be like, That's a that sounds a lot like shame. Hmm. And maybe it feels that way. But understanding that to love someone enough to see what's costing them and to speak into it is loving and is freedom. And even how you articulated college of, it wasn't the best, but it was formative. And that that is gracious. And yeah. I think to be able to look back on seasons with that articulation is really, really important. And so I don't want people listening to this miss that of, maybe it's a semantics thing, but we have kind of an understood understanding of, of those words and of that experience. Mm. And that's just grace. Yeah. And I think, that should stir our curiosity and that should stir those who do believe in that and do understand that to share it with others who might not. Yeah. And so I'm thankful that that's where the conversation led. Yeah. And also, maybe not to get ahead of ourselves, yeah. but I think it's really important moving forward because you've, you've shared this is a big part of your story and I know you're very open about this, but the eating disorders. Yeah. And we've already touched on it and I'm sure we're probably going to dive into it more. So before we get there, let's just define words for people that might not know it. You use the words anorexic bulimic bulimic and binge. and binge yep could you explain those to us as yeah. as if we didn't know what they were for sure so let me just give you a little context of my story so i actually yeah. am now a personal trainer full-time but what started this was third grade believing my identity and worth was in my body mm-hmm. which then i ended up losing weight in high school by working out with a personal trainer got attention i never received and realize, oh man, if I'm eating healthy and I work out well and I'm getting this attention, what if I just don't eat at all, which enters anorexia. Mm-hmm. Anorexia is restricting food um, to feel in control and to feel powerful. And so it's where you really don't eat a lot on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Your mm-hmm. mind is constantly consumed with it and you are eating at a complete caloric deficit. And I'm not going to go into detail to what that looked like in my right. life because that's sure. not helpful or loving, but it's restricting food to the point of some such low calories that you barely can go for a walk during the day. Okay. Yep. And then bulimia is where it can go either way. Bulimia is just basically where you're throwing up your food or, mm. um, another way to think of it is binging and purging. Mm. Um, and binging is where you're overeating okay. and you feel guilt and shame. Mm. So, um, for me, I would eat a large sum amount of food, feel guilty about it. And rather than suffer the consequences of weight gain, which was my biggest fear, it would just be easier to get rid of it. 
Mm. Um, and so that is where bulimia and bingeing is tied together. But then in college, bingeing was really just overeating to the point of so much discomfort that you can honestly barely breathe. Mm. And then you feel so much guilt and shame over what you ate that you'd end up doing it again and again mm. and again, mm. which resulted at the time of gaining like 30 pounds in three months. Mm. So you can mm. imagine what that looks like. It is just, it is just a mind game of yeah. your head telling you that you are, you either need to restrict, you need to purge, or you need to overeat in order to navigate your worth and identity. Mm. So, yeah. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. Totally. How did you begin to experience freedom from that? Because I can imagine that that is such an all-encompassing thing. Where do you even start in your kind of journey of experiencing freedom? Mm. I think transparency. I think that's my biggest word of encouragement to anyone that's battling this is you've got to bring it to the light because a lot of people, if you're struggling with any of those three, you don't want people to know. It is a, I mean, it is technically a disease, but it is a battle that the enemy will remind you to be in the dark about because yeah, you don't want to admit that you ate a whole box of cookies last night. You don't admit that you threw it up. You don't right. want to admit that you've only eaten blank today. Mm. Um, so I think the number one step is transparency and recognizing that it's a problem mm. because you should not, I think I got to the point of this isn't normal. Like this isn't normal gotcha. that I can't go to fr- go out to dinner with friends yeah. and have a normal amount of food. Yeah. It's either I don't eat at all or I end up eating way too much. Gotcha. That I think transparency and vulnerability is step one. Yeah. Mm. Was that something that you came to the conclusion on your own or did someone have to come to you and say, hey, I'm really concerned about what I'm seeing? Gosh, that's a whole nother. We could do a whole nother. <laughs> how to do that well. Yeah. But uh, my best friend in high school actually sat me down okay. and goes, uh, very unloving at the moment, which we've had <laughs> reconciliation <laughs> on. Um and she sat me down and goes, you got a problem. This is bad. Everything's going wrong. And I just immediately did not talk to her for months. Wow. And wow. I think that if you have a friend that is battling that, that is truly the most loving thing to do. But make sure that you get guidance mm. on how to do that well before you do it. And so if you're listening to this, you can always message me on Instagram <laughs> on how to do that well. But just make sure that you get um, that you really do seek counsel yeah. before sitting someone down that you might have noticed these tendencies on how yeah. how would you answer that just maybe and maybe it's specific maybe it's more case by case so you'd want to speak into it more specifically but generally are there general tips or yeah. tricks or do this don't do this that you could share yeah for sure I think you always have to ask questions mm-hmm. don't go in with accusing mm-hmm. don't go into I have seen you do this I have seen you do <laughs> this and I have seen you do this aka you're bad or you're wrong or you're failing you go Hey, like, let's. How are you? Gonna find great. Life is good. Okay, mm-hmm. real talk. How are you? Mm-hmm. And then if they still deflect the question, just keep digging and seeking to understand. Like, hey, I just wanted to check in because I've just noticed that um, you just maybe weren't eating last night. I just want to see how you are. Yeah. Instead of going, I noticed you weren't eating. I've noticed that you've lost weight. Clearly not healthy. Clearly you're messing up or whatever. It is just so much more loving to have them come to the conclusion right. that something may be wrong mm. rather than you telling them gotcha. that something is wrong. And I think um, going by yourself first is always um, the way to do it. And right. if you still see things, and I think there's also levels. Mm. You know, I think there's, if there's something sure. where you're like, I think that this might 
hurt her, Mm -hmm. then you can take bigger steps, but always go first one-on-one before bringing in your sorority (laughs) or bringing in the church or bringing in an army because she's going to, whoever that girl or guy is, they're going to feel more cared for by seeing steps in people rather than an institution getting involved. So always go to her before y'all call the parents, go to her. Um, But yeah, questions and listening. Mm. And letting her come to the conclusion that maybe something is not normal rather than you telling her. Mm. That's really good. I think something else worth noting is you mentioned this a second ago, but guys, there's a surprising amount of guys, and I don't feel like it gets a lot of airtime, but the number of men that also struggle with disordered eating is pretty profound. Yes. Yes. I actually know a lot of guys that have battled that. Yeah. And I walked along closely when I worked at Canacuck with a guy who had. It's called manorexia. Okay. But it's, I know that's like savage, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. And it affects men the exact same way it yeah. affects mm-hmm. women because truly body image is rooted in self-worth mm. and identity. You believe that if you have more muscle, you're going to be more attractive. If you're yeah. thinner, you're going to be more worthy. And the enemy just comes, seeks, kills, and destroys that. Mm. And I've said this on, I've led a couple Bible studies on this, but I'm not surprised that food is such a battle in mm. our world today sure. because our world fell to sin by woman <laughs> and food. Yeah, yeah. So why are we so surprised when this is something mm. that we battle on a daily basis? It yeah. started from day one. Yeah. Mm. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think food is... I, so I love food. I'm very oh, passionate about yeah. food. Come on. Um, I think it's one of the greatest gifts that, that we have. Like, the idea that we could fuel our bodies in a way where we don't get the joy of flavor and aroma yet in God's grace, we get taste buds, right? Like Mm -hmm. how like taste buds don't really serve a purpose outside of, Oh, this might be poison. Other than that, it's (laughs) wow. This just tastes amazing. How kind is that? But it's so easy to take a really good thing and to distort it. And all of a sudden we use it to medicate or we use it Mm -hmm. to, you know, do all these things that it was never intended for. And so I really do feel like it's such a, interesting conversation of how do we walk the line well where we celebrate a good thing but we don't mm. be controlled or ruled b- by that thing at the same yeah. same time it's just a it's a battle for a lot of life you know mm. for sure yeah that's just like the hardest because everything is good in moderation right but and that's just life in general yeah mm. that just is, it's a battle yeah is that the main thing that led you into personal training and being a fitness instructor instructor because that's what your day-to-day is yeah so full-time I <coughs> personal train and then I teach two spin classes a week I used to mm-hmm. be full-time spin zero personal training and then it transitioned I think I'm just most passionate about like food is a symptom of something a lot deeper mm. yeah um body image is a symptom of something so much deeper my desire of being in the fitness industry is to walk alongside you, help you in fitness, help you with food, but I want to attack the deeper issue. Mm. Because mm. you're not trying to get the best body as possible or restrict food or overeat food, typically right. because of food, but right. because there's a deeper rooted issue that needs to be talked about. Mm. So my goal when I went from uh, TCU, never thought I was going to do fitness. Mm. I just, I mean, my dream is to be a motivational speaker, which okay. I think is still what um, the Lord has put in my heart, but yeah. talking about this um, in a bigger context, but I think that so often that food and exercise and dieting is a symptom 
of where we're trying to find our worth and where we're trying Mm -hmm. to find our identity. And that if we control our food, control our working out, control our body, therefore we control our relationships. Mm. We control the job we get. We control, I mean, to the point of our grades, our parents' approval, our friends' acceptance. So honestly, I'm in the fitness industry to attack the thing that's deeper. Yeah. To remind women, I don't train men. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I trained one. And I just like love women. It's just when they're working out hard, because if you've trained with me, you'll know that I'll kick your butt. Like I'm not trying (laughs) to give you this like wimpy little workout. Like I'm going to truly kick your butt. But I want you to walk away going, man, my body's changing because I'm changing the way I'm thinking about Mm. my body, Mm. not because she's handing me heavier dumbbells. Right. Mm. What do you think that line is, right? Because I think there's a way to celebrate health and wellness and fitness and stuff like that. How do you walk that line where you do kick somebody's butt in the gym, but they don't become controlled or consumed by the idea of, oh, I need to do 20 more reps to hit this thing. I need to, like, how do you walk that that line specifically? Gosh, I think that's one of the hardest lines to walk, even in my own life. Yeah. I think that we live in a culture of more is better. Mm. Mm. And uh, we're never taught to be content. That's really good. Always taught you got to do more, you got to lose more, you got to gain more. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never just like, hey, it's okay to be where you're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, I mean, I start every single, before I start a session with clients, we do like 10 week programs, five week programs, seven week programs. I go, the reason I'm doing this is because I love Jesus. The second goal of mine is that you find your identity and worth in something more than your body. Mm-hmm. But I also want to kick your butt and help you reach <laughs> your fitness goals because that's what, why you're paying me. Yeah. But I think it's also just having those conversations yeah. with these girls of just like, what's your goal? I just want to lose weight. Why? Mm. Why do you want to lose weight? Well, you know, I just this guy dumped me. If I just got this, it's like, do you actually think that's going to change? Because you don't want to be with someone that likes you more when you lose 10 pounds. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is a hard line to do it alone. Right. But when you have a... T- a group of friends that are reminding you of truth or a personal trainer that's reminding you of truth, I think that line becomes a little less stark. Yeah. That makes sense. Totally. Mm-hmm. Here at Nowhere Close, we love sharing stories and so do our friends at Our Spare Change. They're committed to helping you share your story through their handcrafted jewelry. On their website, you can find cuffs, bracelets, bookmarks, tie bars. All of their jewelry is committed to helping you share your story. So do that by going to OurSpareChange.com and using the promo code NOWHEREClose to get 20% off awesome jewelry that will help you share your story. So you obviously believe a ton in physical health, but you've clearly spoken to it so much more than that. It's about your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health. Yeah. And I think a beautiful thing is that we are holistic beings. Every every piece of that that I just named affects the others. Mm. So if your mental health struggles, your physical health's going to tank. Emotional health. And it's yeah. all going to go. Yep. But and if and if you start to improve in one, you'll notice the others will improve, but I think there's a cap on it if you're only addressing one area. 100%. So if you're only focusing on physical, you're only going to get so far in the mental, emotional, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So what do you do in your, in your day-to-day, not just to promote your physical health, but how do you take care of yourself mentally, emotionally? Is that something you're 
press into as passionately? Is that harder? What does that look like? Are you talking my own life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for to sure. To start. Yeah. I mean, I have to spend time with the Lord in my day shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to be in the Word daily and consistently because outside of that, I mean, outside of my time with the Lord and my relationship with the Lord, nothing is going to go well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be consumed with lies. I'm going to not love girls that I train well. Um, and so I think emotionally and spiritually, it is like, I have to open my Bible. Yeah. So even if that means I've got 30 minutes, that 30 minutes is spent in the Word. I don't even have time for Netflix anymore because I'm like, <laughs> I literally have Jesus and clients. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think it's God's grace in my life, to be honest. And like, side note, I know we kind of talked on grace. I know that's kind of like a Christianese word. Totally. Sure. I want to replace that word with the word gift. Okay. So when you hear the word grace, if you are new to this podcast, new to Christianity, whatever, think of it as a gift. Like it is yeah. a God's gift that I have 30 minutes to spend with mm. him. Or it is God's gift in my life that I have balance. Um, yeah. Just as a side note. But I think it really is knowing when to not work out too for myself mm. personally. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, a good big point. one. Um to take care of myself emotionally and physically because there are days where I know that, okay, I'm tired. I'm not going to work out myself. I just work out all these clients, but that doesn't mean that I also need to get in the gym. It's also a balance of when I first started this, I was getting coffee with 10 to 20 girls a week on top of the training sessions I was doing. And I have really dialed that down to, I have this time each week that I can fill with you. I also started a Bible study on Saturday that all these girls can come to. Cool. Because I was running myself dry emotionally sure. and, and spiritually because I was just putting too much on my plate. So I think it just goes back to, A, what am I building my life upon? Am I building it on the rock or on the sand? And if it's not being built on the rock daily in the first thing in the morning, then the rest of my day is not going to go well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah. yeah. It sounds, too, like you're really good about boundaries and setting up some boundaries and understanding that saying no to something can actually be one of the most life-giving things that you can do. And not that it's, you're excluding things, but you can only say yes to so many things. And when we come to the idea that we have to say yes to everything or every person, that is one of the most exhausting, draining things I think we can possibly experience, Mm. which does no favors for our mental and emotional health. Mm. Uh, No is a very powerful word that I think every single person (laughs) needs to learn. Um, I mean, I turn down clients all the time. I think in the beginning, this is also taking me six years to have boundaries. Yeah. I was the girl that was teaching a spin class at 5.30 a.m. I mean, now there's days where I would say yes to teaching five to six spin classes a day wow. on top of three to four coffee dates in that day Oh my gosh. because I did not know boundaries. So this has come mm. from learning the word no and knowing that you don't do anything well mm. if you right. are not saying no. Right. Because I would rather get one coffee date a week and love and do on it that well. girl and do it well than 10 where you're getting exhausted, tired Nicoletta who honestly is just like doesn't even have the bandwidth to pay attention to mm. what you're saying. <laughs> Much right. less speak in or yes. encourage. Yes. Yeah. So I think that the word no is not, we always put this bad connotation on the word no yeah. mm-hmm. when no can actually be the most loving thing you can say to someone. Yeah. yeah. I think too saying no forces you to ask yourself, well, why would I say yes? And what's my motive in adding this to my plate? Yep. And so I think that's a really important, I think that's a universal concept too. We've talked about this a few minutes ago of the world doesn't teach you to be content. It's always do more, have more, be more, say yes to more. 
And it's like, well, why? Yeah. Why, why more? Um, and I think rest goes hand in hand with knowing when to say yes and when yes. to say no. Yeah. What does rest look like for you? I think rest looks like A going to bed on time. I know it's like silly, but no, that's that's one of highly overrated is sleep. Yeah. Yes, I mean that is a number one thing. Or highly underrated. Under yeah, Yeah. rest sleep is actually like one of the most important things in order to reach your fitness goals. If you're not sleeping, but you're eating well and working out, you're gonna have a much harder time reaching those goals if you're not resting. Um, But I think I really protect my weekends. Mm. I think that that is where I find the most rest. I just... That's awesome. I look at my week and I go, okay, I'm going to fill out and I'm going to give out from Monday to Friday. But on the weekends, I'm with people that know me and love me and I don't have to give anymore. Yeah. Mm. And then Sunday, I really prioritize church and that's it. Like, I just chill on Sundays. I think that I used to, once again, not do that well. Yeah. But I think that rest is not just sleep. It's also who are you spending your time with? Mm -hmm. Um, what are you filling your time with? And um, saying no, yeah. honestly, is rest. Yeah. Mm. So my day job as a pastor, I don't know if we've talked about this on here yet, but that's <laughs> but I do. Um, and I feel like as someone who gets paid to be a minister, yeah. I feel this pressure off, oftentimes to be the model or at least a model of what spiritual health looks like. Mm. Um, And I would imagine in the training world, there's a very similar thing that, oh, health and wellness and fitness, like that's your whole world. So surely you're the model of what that looks like. Mm. So one, do you feel a similar pressure to be the model for what that looks like? And obviously it's impossible for anyone to be the model of anything like that all the time. Do you feel feel that pressure? If so, how do you handle that? And more importantly, how do you handle the moments when you fail at the thing mm-hmm. that people expect you to be, like, the best at? Yeah. Man, I definitely feel that pressure a lot. It's kind of like you want to – I always hear you want to make – you want to train with a trainer who looks the way you want to look. Mm. I always hear that tagline. Mm. That's, that's, that's pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal. Um, but I also <laughs> would argue that <clears> – <throat> Because I personally would rather train with someone who is normal looking Mm. and had a healthy relationship with food and life. And my counselor, when I went through eating disorder counseling, she goes, do you think that people are more likely to listen to a supermodel saying she's struggling with body image or a normal person that's struggling with body image? And Mm. she was like, you will have way more influence Mm -hmm. when you are approachable and relatable than unattainable. Mm. Mm. And I just loved that I obviously have my own fitness goals. I obviously try different workouts, try different things to see what can change about my body. But I think that's also an area that I need to, I also have friends checking in on me in that. Um, I think that that is an area that the enemy can come in and just truly just be like, you're not skinny enough. You're Mm. not toned enough. You're not strong enough, whatever enough. But if it wasn't in the fitness industry, it would just be in another area that I would be, listening to those lies I think that um it just comes down to why I'm am I in the fitness industry yeah why am I training girls because not my goal is to never make you look like me like Mm. my goal is to never make you look like a supermodel and if that's what your goal is great we can talk about (laughs) it but like once again let's go deeper right why do you want to look that way yeah so to answer your question, 100% feel pressure, 100%. But I think right now I'm in a season where I'm also like my, I don't know who 
freaking cares? Yeah. yeah. Like, train with me if you want to train with me. I promise you'll get a really great workout. Yeah. But also, I'm not trying to make you look like a supermodel. I'm trying to make you get deeper and realize the lies that you're believing that makes you want to look like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, like, just truly be healthy people. Yes. Regardless of what your body looks like. Yes. That's awesome. That is so good. Yeah. Um, you're also a Lululemon ambassador, correct? I am. Is that just the best? <laughs> she, she's very humble, so she rolled her eyes when we asked her that. For those just listening, and there's I not a visual. I think that's so cool, you know? Like, I go into the store here, and I see your photo on the wall, and I'm like, oh, I know her. Uh, is that just, like, awesome? That was literally the biggest gift I've ever received. I remember in high school, and I another big reason I'm in the fitness industry is because there's this woman in Santa Barbara who I worked out with, and her whole mantra was, love your body, love your life. And I worked out with her when I was in the eating disorder. She just was so big on, why do you want to lose weight? Love yourself. Like, your confidence, she would always say, the hottest thing you can put on in the morning is your confidence. Mm. Mm. And I just was like, heck yes it is. (laughs) Like, if you've ever gone to my spin class, I preach that all the time now. But... I remember she got Lululemon Ambassador, and okay. I would see her picture on the wall, and I was like, that is such a goal that will never happen for me, Right. Mm. and it was so crazy. I actually had vocal surgery okay. uh, two years ago because I was yelling so much in my spin classes. No way. Nice. Yep. So uh, um, it was supposed to be an eight-week recovery, turned into eight months of no talking. No Eight way. months of no talking. Eight months of no talking, no work. I mean, I could, it was no talking for the first month minimal talking for the second month and then slowly through building vocal, it up through speech therapy all this stuff oh my gosh. got back but i got asked to be the ambassador in a season where i wasn't working and where oh, i wasn't wow. able to teach and i just was like man what a gift yeah that i and i just remember it was such a low like yeah. that was such a low season for me because i just have to sit imagine. at home yeah and not go anywhere because if i went somewhere i'd see someone and i have to talk and i was like well i can't talk so i'm gonna <laughs> sit at home yeah and I just felt like... You quarantined before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. you and Doc quarantined. Let's talk about it. That was like all the Lord. And it actually just ended. So it's a two-year program. Okay. So... Uh, uh, well, congrats. Well, thank you. You did it. God's yeah. gift. And and we caught her on the tail end. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Dude, they hook you up with like a bunch of like free like, swag and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They give you a full photo shoot. To, to get that very large, obnoxious picture. <laughs> they just are so supportive of yeah. you. They, they're basically, their goal in two years is to, is to support you in whatever fitness endeavor you go on. That's awesome. And they have been the truly the biggest blessing in my fitness career of just supporting me, showing up for me, loving me. Obviously, you get a lot of really great free stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm obsessed with their brand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's awesome. That's Literally cool. the best part of my fitness career. Good for you. <laughs> Honestly, you've peaked. You you have to retire. I know, right? Just go straight. This will be nowhere close to famous. Will be your launching pad into your motivational speaking career. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. So from Lulu to nowhere close. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever love something that didn't love you back? Pretty much every woman I tried to date in my twenties. <laughs> that got personal real quick. It did, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about our friends at Golden Ratio Coffee. Oh, thank goodness. And if you love coffee, but it doesn't love you back, Golden Ratio is actually the perfect solution. It's honestly amazing. They roast their beans at a lower temperature to create a smooth coffee that is golden in color and five times less acidic. All the caffeine of coffee without the acidity. 
We love that. And it's more aesthetically pleasing because it's gold. It is. Right now, they have a really fun selection of seasonal flavors like spiced cookie, chocolate mint, and even pumpkin spice for our PSL lovers out there. We're obsessed. And here's the best part. If you go to drinkgoldenratio.com and use code NOWHEREClose, you'll get 20% off your purchase. And that's that's basically free. Basically free. So again, that is drinkgoldenratio.com and use promo code NOWHEREClose to get 20% off your purchase. Can we ask you some fun, yes. random uh, We love fun and random questions. Brina. Okay, first, um, what would what are some of your maybe uh, very oddly specific is how we word it? What are some of your oddly specific love languages? Crumble cookies. Oh, Ooh. a good one. What's your go-to flavor? Oh my gosh, the sugar cookie. The sh- okay, all right. I know <laughs> so boring. <laughs> Literally, okay, this well, is a the, safe place. The yeah. favorite one is their Shark Week sugar cookie because they put a gummy on top and so i love gummy candy and like sugar cookie the sweeter the better yeah i don't really like i don't know if we have you back that will be waiting for you yeah yeah. that'll be waiting for you i wish we knew that but we should have asked that more preemptively yeah honestly i'll give my clients too i'm like balance y'all balance work hard let's eat all the cookies crumble's insane what's your like go-to party story if you're like at a party and you're in like like I need you're working the room, maybe conversation lulls. I'll give you I'll give you my okay. my example to just loosen yeah, you yeah. up. Because it's not like, oh, I did this crazy thing at this party. Your go to party story is there's a lull and you're like, Okay, I wanna win these people over and entertain them. My story is how I almost died in the Memphis Zoo. Right? So just that tagline got your attention. Okay. So that's my go to yeah. party story. If I'm in a big group and I need to chat with people and make them laugh especially if it's people i don't know okay that is my go-to party story oh gosh so much pressure i mean i think my immediate reaction is i went in high school me and my three best friends we met little romeo no way at at cheesecake factory (laughs) well now i'm embarrassed i almost died (laughs) when you met little romeo and he invited us to his house to go to one of his like it was he was framing it like my uncle will smith is having a party no way. You ladies should come. <laughs> Did y'all go? And me being the hype girl that I'm like, let me talk to my people. <laughs> and I was like, let me you know. talk to my people. And so we drove. And so I was like, all my friends are like, absolutely not. We're not going. So then we was like, give me your number. We'll talk. So we're driving back from LA to Santa Barbara. And Wait, and you have little Romeo's number. I do. Okay. And I was like, ladies, we are going. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're not. And I'm like, we are turning this car around <laughs> and we're going to the party. Yeah. We dropped one of them, one of the girls off. Two said yes, went back, and we hung out with Lil Romeo for the night at his music producer's house. Okay. And that's probably my go-to. How old was Lil Romeo when this that's was all unfolding? That's a really good question. I was 17. You were 17. That's awesome. That's so much better. See, that's what happens when your hometown is there yeah. <laughs> versus where I'm from. Right, totally. That doesn't happen. Like, if a guy came up and was like, you should go to my uncle's house, you can't say yes to that where I'm from. That's true. You can say yes to that where you're from. That would not fly. Last question. This podcast is called Nowhere Close to Famous, but if you could be famous for one thing, what would you want to be famous for? Oh, man. Like, are we going funny or are we going, like, deep? Going whatever you want it to be. Gosh. First thing that comes to mind. I mean, truly, I want to be a famous motivational speaker that speaks to young adult women and reminding them of where their identity and worth is found. Honestly, I think word. you could do that. 100%. I think you're already doing yeah. that. 
No, for real. Like I'm not gonna be a young adult woman much longer, but I'll <laughs> I'll buy a ticket whenever it takes off. <laughs> for real though. Um, before we let let you go, where can people like f- follow you and connect and book a session and and, and all that stuff? Man, you can follow me at Nico's Personal Training. So Nico's underscore personal underscore training. I will say there's not a lot of spots left. I'm also moving to Dallas August one, so you've only got till August to train uh, with me. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. Okay. I will be working for Watermark Church. Heck oh no! Yeah. Starting August one. That's so awesome. we're going to be doing their fellowship program. That's Heck cool. Yeah. And yeah, but then outside of that, you can just follow my normal account, which will be fresh all the time at just Nickel. We love it. <laughs> and we'll be sure to tag you and list all that yeah, on yeah, our yeah. Instagram as well, so totally. people will be able to find you. Amazing. Yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for yeah. taking time and sharing. And I, I feel like you have a very powerful story, and I think people will be um, impacted for sure. So. Thanks for having me, y'all. Yeah, yeah thanks totally. for letting us hear it and letting us share it. It was a blast. Thanks, y'all. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Nicoletta Bradley. And if you did, we have many more just like that coming your way. So make sure that you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, uh, go ahead and give us a rating because that stuff really does matter. It really does. And a fun way to keep up with us is to also follow us on Instagram so you don't miss a thing. And you can find us at Nowhere Close to Famous Pod. That's right. As always, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Stay ordinary.